Greetings, everyone. I'm excited to welcome Ben York, CEO at Genetica, to the show today. Ben, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. It's it's exciting to be here. Yeah, great to have you. I don't know if I'm going to get confused with two Bens on the show, but we'll see. <laughs> so yeah, appreciate it. So let's dive right in. Tell us a little bit about your background. Yeah, well, it's interesting. You, you, you talked about being in finance early in your career. That's that's exactly where I started out. I was at a bulge bracket bank in sales and trading, equity derivatives, and you know, I enjoyed it, but realized I wanted to work with entrepreneurs and, and really build something. I didn't have that background myself. You know, I was economics in college before that. And so, I, you know, the advice I got was move out to San Francisco, get a job at a startup and, and take it from there. And so that's really where my kind of SaaS background really begins was, it was a brief stint at a, at a healthcare SaaS company. Uh, right after I was in, in um, at Citigroup, so that was specifically a, a practice management tool for for dermatologists. But since then, most of my SaaS background has actually been uh, from the investor point of view. Uh, so prior to Genetica, I was at a family office and accelerator, mostly focused on the alt health space. Uh, so I was evaluating companies uh, mostly in the SaaS category, both from an investment and uh, advisory perspective. Prior to that, I led deal flow and due diligence at a, a company called the Arcview Group. So they're an investor network and, and venture fund. Uh, again, that was more than just SaaS, but, but definitely did focus on a lot of SaaS companies while I was there. Uh, and then also, in addition to my role as CEO of Genetica, I'm also an advisor to Ensemble, which is a, a cannabis software-focused venture fund. So we're in fund two. It's, it's on the smaller end, but I'm really excited about the portfolio. And they're actually invested in, in Genetica as well. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Really interesting. Quite the background, you know, with the, with that heavy quantitative background, then getting into the investor side and then, you know, then going into SaaS yourself. So appreciate that insight. So yeah, let's talk about Genetica. What, what products and services does Genetica offer? Yeah. So Genetica has two primary products. And so we're, we're sitting right now at the forefront of really trying to modernize the cannabis and CBD retail experience through this AI platform. So the way we kind of think of it is, we have the AI platform as the core powering a few different products. And so the, the, the first product we're in market with is called Flora Match. That's you know, analyzing hundreds of millions of data points, uh, certificate of analysis from labs, um, but also understanding the individual as well. So what their biochemistry is, what they're in the store for, and then matching that up based on that uh, lab level data uh, to find the right fit for that individual. And so that's giving the, the retailers a lot more data around who their customers are, why they're in store. And so that's the first kind of base product, Flora Match. The next level is our Flora OS products that we're, we're going to be launching in, in the near future. The goal for that is optimizing operations for retailers. So insights like Based on historical sales volume, you're likely overstaffed for Tuesday afternoon. You should send Ben home because he's your, you know, the employee who performs worst with the demographic that's likely to come in. You know, things like that. So you're constantly trying to optimize lower costs. Uh, and, and really the goal for both of these products is an enriched customer experience, empowering employees, uh, and paving the way for effective upselling, increased loyalty, and, and cost reduction. You know, it's a hard enough industry as it is. So we just want to simplify and, and give people the tools to, to run a profitable business. 
Mm-hmm. So yeah, let's back up again. You know, Flora Match, you know, from you mm-hmm. said, I mean, the right fit for the individual, but did you say you also examine the actual cannabis or is it more just on the individual side and in, in that matching that for a better experience? No, it's definitely both. So we're looking at, so one of the really cool things about this industry is that all of these products are getting tested by analytical labs and that certificate of analysis you know, some states have more complete than others, but that analysis is attached to each product. So we're able to look at that information, understand the exact composition of those products using the form factor as well to then pair that with the individual. So, you know, let's say I'm coming into the store, I'm new to, to these products, you know, I have joint pain, I'm looking for an edible and, you know, I have a, a, a vegan diet, right? We don't want to be recommending products that have eggs or milk or something like that, or allergens, let's say. So it's also lowering liability for a lot of retailers too, because, you know, if, if an employee is pushing a product that makes someone sick because they don't know what they're consuming, you know, they, they could be held responsible. So it's, it, the whole thing is about making sure that we have as few adverse experiences as possible on the consumer side and then gathering as much data as we can for the retailers too. Yeah, that's fascinating. And, and so does each, each the certificate analysis, is it, of course, the regulation is state to state, right? So does each state yeah. have its own rules and regulations and our certificate of analyses needed in each state? Or tell me a little bit more about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there there is uh, a lot of consistency in the requirements from state to state. You know, number one being, you know, pesticides, uh, other bacteria used in the cultivation, and then the THC potency, right? And so there's a lot of times they'll have other minor cannabinoids in that analysis as well. But in, in the best case, they're also including terpenes too, which have an, uh, an effect on the end user's experience. So, you know, not all of, not all of those, those endpoints are required uh, by regulations. Some labs go above and beyond in providing that. But through our AI, we're also able to, to supplement and make inferences around uh, what, what molecules are likely to be contained in those products, even when we don't have the full picture from the uh, lab level data. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Yeah, just just yeah, fascinating. So tell us what what is just generally like what is the state of cannabis tech right now? I was talking to a cannabis founder earlier and he was maybe looking for an exit or looking for investors and you know referred him one way to investor and like, well, we're not really you know looking at cannabis or you know, not in that space. So you know, tell us <laughs> yeah. where do things stand? Are we still just in the beginning innings of of cannabis technology? I mean, I, I certainly believe so, it, but it's it's been challenging. It's such a heavily regulated environment and for good reason too. Like, you know, there's some changes that obviously I think a lot of industry participants would like to see, but what that's done is it's prevented a lot of the big tech companies from entering the category. So it does provide an opportunity in that, you know, earlier stage startups can build, you know, large customer base. And, and kind of have that regulatory moat, let's say, keeping keeping some of the other big companies at bay. But it's it's really challenging to raise capital. And so I've been on, you know, primarily on the investor side, and I've heard a lot of difficult stories about raising capital. You know, standard VCs and uh, just don't really want to to play in that category unless there's applications outside of of the industry as well, which it, it can be hard to do. 
and with limited budgets, like how do you build a product that can fit multiple categories? So it's, it's challenging. We like to view it as an opportunity. One of the things that we're starting to see too, you know, through my, my work as an advisor for Ensemble is some consolidation in the space. So companies that have had a tough time raising, you know, maybe they have a great product and then just haven't had that uh, success in selling it or, or raising enough funding to keep going. Uh, we're starting to see a lot of mergers. I think there's, there's, you know, three or four companies that I'm close with and familiar with that, that have started that process. Actually, a few of those deals have actually closed too. And so when, when you hear about troubles in the industry, black market, you know, companies facing challenges, you, you know, you think about consolidation on the plant touching side, less so on the software side, but that's actually where, where we're really starting to see a, a good deal of M&A. Okay. Yeah. I appreciate that insight. Yeah. That's interesting. So when, tell us when was Genetica founded? Yeah. So Genetica was founded in 2020, late 2020. So that's when I first met Christian, who's, who's our, our founder and COO. I, I actually didn't join the, the company until early 2022 when I became an advisor. And so I've stayed close with, with Christian, followed the journey, you know, since the very beginning. And he had always said, it'd be great to work together. We'd love to have you on the team, bring you in, you know, as a CEO. And I always took it with a grain of salt, you know, like if it happens great, but I don't want to bank on it. But that day finally came and, and it's been, it's been an awesome ride since then. So I officially joined as CEO back in April and it's been, it's been a great, a great couple of months so far. Well, that's great. Yeah. And where are you guys located? Do you have a headquarters? Yeah, the, the company is based in Kansas City. That's where Christian's based, but we're we're pretty fully remote. So I'm in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. You know, we have colleagues in LA, Minneapolis, Fort Collins, DC, Miami, and, and even Lahore, Pakistan. But that guy's moving to, to to the Bay Area pretty soon too. So we're we're global. We're all over. We're also working outside of, of the US too. We've got contracts in, in Canada partnerships in, in, in Europe, launching a JV over there, setting up our, our EU subsidiary pretty soon. So, you know, the North American market is huge, but it really is a global industry and, and we're really excited to expand as, as, as broad as we can. Okay. And then tell us your current team size. So we've got uh, seven people on our team between full-time and part-time, five full-time and then, and then two part-time right now. It's we we've been lucky in that you know everyone's super excited to to be a part of this team and and it's really a, a highly motivated group. So we want to make everyone full time. We're we're working on that. We're trying to ramp up revenue so we can we can make that happen. But yeah, it's it it's exciting when you have your 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 part time colleagues that are like, hey, let's do it. Like I want to make this full time. Like I'm so excited to be here every day. And and it's yeah, it, it really makes me happy to see. Oh, that's great. And anything you want to share around your scale, your revenue size right now? Uh, um, so what I will say around that is that we did just, well, we're on track to exceed our, our revenue target for the month and for the quarter. Um, and that's great. You know, I, I couldn't ask for, for anything more. We've still got a long road ahead of us and a lot of different sales channels to activate. But really proud of the team that we were able to to exceed our goals this early on. I mean, we only just started selling at the beginning of the month. And so okay. it's, it's really been a very fast ramp up for us. But yeah, I'm, I'm proud that we were able to exceed our targets. 
And yeah, so it just just started selling in June. It sounds like. And yeah. then tell us tell tell us about your go to market motion since this such a heavily regulated industry, at least in the U.S. I mean, do you know like go to the states, find a list of the retailers who are licensed? Like, tell us how you're finding your prospects and customers. Uh, that's a good question. So we there, there are a few a handful of different channels. So you know, standard, you know. LinkedIn campaigns and things like that, but that really only hits a subset of our target. You know, we're very focused on the retailers, and and not everyone in that category is is on a platform like LinkedIn, and that's totally fine. So, we're activating a few advisors who have really deep ties in the industry that are going to be making some of the larger, like enterprise level connections. But then we're also trying to activate. You know, partners in specific markets who have very, very close relationships with those retailers and can speak to the product, you know, from from experiencing it themselves. So, you know, those those are in a few select markets, primarily like Oklahoma and and Missouri. You know, California, where I am, is is a fantastic opportunity for us, but it's been around for a long time, and a lot of those retailers are, you know, tired of getting pitched different software products. So. We're, we're trying to focus on some of the other states that are a little bit newer, maybe a little less fatigued, want to be on the forefront, want to have the newest tech on, on, the, uh, on the market. And that's been pretty successful for us so far. And are there, you mentioned campaigns or LinkedIn campaigns at least, are there any restrictions on paid ads through Facebook, Twitter, et cetera, for the cannabis industry? Is that a challenge or yeah. no restrictions? No, definitely restrictions. <laughs> You know, Twitter made headlines a little while ago for opening up uh, advertising to that industry, but because they know that it's restricted in so many other channels, it's pretty expensive. And and so, you know, we this this kind of guerrilla approach, if you will, like having people on the ground um, is our way to sidestep that. I mean, we still need to have that market presence and that, that brand awareness so that when people get the, you know, you know, hear about us, they're, they're able to look up and, and see what we do. And we want to make sure we're, we're clearly articulating that to anyone who finds us through, through those channels too. So yeah, it's, it's a challenge. Uh, I would say it's more so a challenge for you know, plant touching companies, especially the brands for, you know, B2B company like us, we'd probably rely on those a little bit less anyway, but you know, you still have to have, you know, all those social channels online too. So it's yeah, it's a challenge. Yeah. And then tell us about your fundraising journey so far. How much capital have you raised today? Yes. Yeah, so we've raised, we, we officially closed at like 500K. We sent a press release around that. We've, we've been lucky enough, especially in this environment to, to actually oversubscribe a little bit. And so we took, took in a little bit more and the goal is to have, you know, to ramp up to our break even point from, from a sales perspective. And just cash flow the business. You know, it's a, it's a challenging fundraising environment for everyone, and we don't want to be reliant on a our fundraising skills in a tough market. I'd rather see us get profitable and then hopefully command a much higher valuation for some growth capital. You know, maybe sometime next year. So that's that's what we're in the process of doing right now, and why sales are so important right now. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And it looked like that that. 500k was characterized as a seed round so can you tell us and i don't know if you were on board as the ceo at that point but what what was the trigger milestones that led you to that 500k raise yeah so the, the way i would categorize it is that 
because because actually when I first joined as an advisor, I I pitched Genetica to Ensemble and they passed. It was just a little too early, and so this was early twenty two, and you know I'm glad that they waited and joined when they did. You know a couple months ago because you know we were really able to prove out okay we can we've built the product now we had a wait we have a wait list that we're actively ap- activating so you know turning on the the revenue that we already know is is there it was kind of used as our our to, to prove the product market fit and so it was going you know the seed round let's say got us the product ready and wait list and now it's all about activation and so you know we may look to bring in a little more afterwards just to, to speed up the onboarding process but uh it's not a primary goal right now it's just kind of like if if we get some inbound interest we can make it happen but yeah that's kind of how i would categorize you know mm-hmm. the the that threshold for the seed round okay yeah makes a lot of sense and then any lessons learned in that seed round you know if, if other other founders are sitting in that situation should i raise a seed round what should i expect any lessons learned along the way with with that raise yeah the the one that I would say is just a general rule that I try to live by is that you, you, I always try to take any and all conversations. If someone I know thinks that someone, I, there's someone that I should talk to, I will always take that call, even if it's not readily apparent what that connection is going to do for me right away. There's just been too many experiences over my career where a seemingly, you know, random conversation about Hey, I'm looking to get into the cannabis industry or, or, or whatever has yielded results years down the line. So I, you know, I, I would just say, and, and there's, there's some differing opinions on this too. I've, I've heard people say like, no, really value time highly only, you know, talk to the people that you know are going to be an immediate benefit. And, and I get that I'm, I'm a little more open and, you know, to seeing what the universe has in store and, <laughs> you know, seeing where those interests lead me. Yeah, definitely. You never know. And when I talk to a lot of SaaS founders, yeah, never know. Yeah, sometimes it's not what you expect at the end of that conversation. So yeah. so as CEO of Genetica, do you have a favorite number or metric that you're focused on currently to manage your business? It's hmm. a good question. Uh, it's It's challenging because we've just started selling. So a lot of those metrics are a little bit in, in flux up and down right now. The The primary number that we're focused on is just is 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 the store count though um so whether those are annual contracts or monthly contracts or uh, on the match product or the operating system whatever it's all about the store count because our our goal yes is to get in as many stores as possible to be generating revenue but that's also a, a helps with a diversity of data too so the more locations we're in the more geographies we're in the, the more diverse data we're collecting and then better able to, to predict and to help out retailers in, in any market. So that's, that's what we're, we're really focused on is just that pure number of stores. And okay. Yeah. That, that makes a lot of sense. It seems like each CEO founder has that one metric that's really important for their company at that point, you know, that stage of the business. So, so Ben, appreciate the time today as we wrap up here, what's next for Genetica? Yeah. Next. The, the next thing I'm really excited about is the launch of our operating system. There is not another tool out you know, in the market like it, cannabis or otherwise. And so we're really excited to, to launch that product where it's you know, admittedly you know, a little bit 
into the future, but we're already taking pre-orders. You know, there's already demand for that based on on what we're communicating to the market. And that's that's really exciting too. So yeah, starting to take some pre-orders from that. The, the match product is a prerequisite. So it's kind of like get in early, get the AI primed so you're ready for the operating system. But that's going to be a major milestone for us is, is releasing that product. In the, yeah, let's dig into that for just a second, the pre-order yeah. part and that balance, because you hear a lot of that, you know, kind of, you know, maybe you're trying to sell the, a product before you even have it or, you know, things like that. So you don't waste yeah. time or waste product roadmap. So what was that balance as far as taking pre-orders? How far out? When do you say, hey, let's open up the spigot a little bit, you know, even though it's still yeah. pushing through the product roadmap? Well, it's, I'm, I'm really glad you asked that because it's, so, it's the exact opposite of what we did for the match product. We did not take any pre-orders for that. It was just purely sign up, you're on our wait list, and then we'll activate you when, when we can, as soon as we can. And I deliberately did that for exactly all those same reasons. You, know, you just don't know how long it's going to take to launch the product. You don't know what kind of reconfiguration you're going to need once it's in the market and you're starting to get more feedback. And I just didn't feel comfortable taking money before before we were really ready. With with the OS, it's a little different because we've had a, an initial product launched that we pulled back to reconfigure. So we know what it can do. And the, the team is actually a little bit, you know, knock on wood, a little bit ahead of schedule. So I'm I'm hopeful that we can get that to market pretty quickly here. But, you know, for example, even with like the initial beta version, one of our early adopters was, was testing it out. And one of the insights the product gave him was that there was going to be a customer or excuse me, there was going to be an employee who was unhappy. He was likely to quit and that that operator should, should reach out and intervene and, and have a conversation with them. The next day, that employee walked into the store and said, hey, I'm really unhappy. I, I think I'm going to quit. And, and, you know, now that guy's actually managing, you know, he just needed more, he, he needed more involvement, he needed more of a challenge. And so now he's managing a different part of their operations. But, you know, if like the initial version is able to predict something like that, I'm, I'm just so excited to see what we're able to do with the, the final version. Okay. Yeah. That's amazing. So, you know, if I was a customer and or say you're reaching out, Hey, we're taking pre-orders. So does that mean, when do you feel comfortable enough to push that out there? Is this, is it OS coming out in three months, six months? You know, what, what's that, what's that number that you you're giving customers? I'll, I'll say sooner than six months. The, the okay. Way- we're, we're not, we're not actively selling it. So we're, mm-hmm. we're just selling the match product and alluding to this other tool that, that okay. we're launching. And so when they hear about it, they're like, yeah, I'm, I'll sign up for match, but I also want to be first in line. So yeah. it's not like we, you know, we, we weren't even thinking that we would take pre-orders for it. It was just like people were throwing money at us to, to, to sign up. So I'm not going to turn that down. <laughs> no, that's, that even, that's even better. Yeah, just casually mention yeah, yeah. like, oh, hey, wait, wait a second. What, what are you talking about? Yeah, we'll, we'll take that yeah, too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's that's yeah. great. So Ben, really appreciate you sharing your background and, and a little bit about Genetica today. So if listeners would like to learn more about Genetica, where should we send them online? Yeah, so yeah. our website is getgenetica.com. And you know, feel free to reach out on LinkedIn to uh, Ben York. And yeah, would love to connect and, and start a dialogue. 
All right. Really appreciate it today, Ben. And, and if listeners, if you'd like to learn more about Genetica, go to getgenetica.com. And again, thank Ben, thanks for being on the show today. Awesome. Thank you for having me. This has been awesome.